You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. both man I need this black liquid gold yes Ooh, look at oof, that oof. spelt a little bit beautiful. hey that's all right um wait, what could that be called when you spill a little bit of coffee like that good luck it's like when you throw salt <laughs> yeah yeah right behind you right that. yeah mm-hmm. mm. that's the same coffee we were drinking last week too from stay golden stay golden stay golden cheers cheers stay golden pony boy or is it stay gold, Pony Boy? What's what's the what's the stay golden, Pony Boy? It stay is stay gold. Oh, okay. I believe. I believe. I believe. That. I believe. Mm. Yeah, stay golden, <sighs> Pony Boy. It is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder if that's where they get their name from. Highly doubt it. Which band? The name of the coffee, isn't it? Stay golden. Oh, oh. <laughs> That you're talking about a band for a second, wait. Because <laughs> no. I read like The Outsiders. And I was like, wait, was that a, was that like a, uh, like a band, The Outsiders? That wouldn't surprise me. They have a band name for everything now. Oh, look at this. There's a band. When I typed in, "Stay Golden Pony Boy" on the recommended videos, there's a band called The Outsiders. Okay. Oh wait, is this the scene from the movie? <laughs> it's it's not a music video it's a scene i thought it was called the band was called the outsiders and their song was called stay gold like as a reference uh-huh. and there's another one it says the outsiders nothing gold can stay mm. Mm. okay is that, it, is that the the episode where yoda was on it yoda get it because nothing gold can stay can can stay nothing gold no, no, never mind. Oh, you're doing the the, the backwards talk, yes. the Yoda talk. Yes. Come on now. You've been Wait, watching oh. The Mandalorian, haven't you? Nope. We <laughs> haven't watched the new season yet. I already know what happens. They already, I already read on the internet. Oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, we'll make a spinoff about anyone these days, I guess, huh? <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. Anyway, what? wait, really quick before we go into it. What's the name of our podcast again? G4D. There we go. A.K.A. Ground for discussion. discussion. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Oof. All right. He's Adam. He's John. Oh, and this coffee is delicious. Oh, it is quite, quite delicious. Beautiful. Mm. Mm. I really wish we could just have stories outside of the universe, the Star Wars universe. I didn't have to connect. I'm right there with you. I don't care. But I still really enjoyed it. No, no, I'm sure it's cool, and I really enjoyed season one. But like, I don't care. I mean, not I that get I don't it. care. It's just like, why can't this character just exist? Like, why does why do I don't need to know his backstory? Like, I that, mm. that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. You know, I feel like the whole point of the character is this is the way the character is because of this. I don't need to see that. I feel like when they do that, it just you know like. Mm-hmm. pushes it on to you i guess yeah i i understand that and i don't necessarily disagree with that at all i feel like at this point we've 
really exhausted quite a few characters. Yes, there are ones that can have stories expanded on them, including some that we see in this most recent season. I do think that for a universe that's supposed to be so vast and so limitless, we really stick within the confines <laughs> of the same characters the and the same, same characters again and again. It's just walking guy. Do, 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 do. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? You ever hear of Luke Skywalker? Luke Skywalker? He's my cousin. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> Spinoff. What was Luke Skywalker's cousin doing? <laughs> well, and that's why that whole bit in Spaceballs works even better now. Well, it's funny because, like, we didn't even have that back then. Like, you know, it was only the three movies back then. Now it's just everything, and it's almost like it just predicted the future. Just all the Star Wars just... Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) My personal favorite, Spaceballs the doll. (laughs) Spaceballs the (laughs) flamethrower. My kids love this one. <laughs> uh, I love. You, you want to talk about a movie that like I've just watched repeatedly again and again and never stopped laughing at? It's that one. Spaceballs. It's really a good one. So it's a good one. Oh man! Speaking of good ones, we got two albums to talk about today from Miss Taylor Swift, mm. Folklore, and Evermore. Mm. These kind of came out of nowhere. You know, yes. I feel like there was like this thing on Twitter when I still was on Twitter and not a tweeting about iPhone giveaways <laughs> this morning um, where people were like, oh my God, Shakespeare wrote his greatest play in quarantine. Guess what you can do? And for a lot of us, that's been hard. But for Taylor Swift, she just picked up her phone, called her buddy Aaron Dressner from the National and was like, let's make an album. And she yeah. did it. Yeah, Bonavere, you come on over too. <laughs> Oh man, we started watching. Carrie and I started watching the Disney um, thing that she's doing. It's very weird. Taylor Swift is. Or I th- we should talk about this later, which we will. But uh, she's diverse- diversifying herself very well. She is an incredibly smart businesswoman because mm-hmm. she was on Netflix, which we also talked about with the Reputation tour. Bad Reputation, bad Reputation, right? And then now we have her on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite end of the spectrum, and you know, I, there, Taylor Swift has cussed on her albums, but there's a lot of cuss words on this, and it was on Disney Plus, and it was just very interesting to watch. I was like, "What Disney Plus? That doesn't seem like the you know connection." But uh, there's even an F word. Yeah, I think on Evermore. I mean, yeah, and well, I think folklore too, and also oh, there is probably some. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm Betty. Oh, you're right. You are right. Yeah, but um, I guess we can talk about. I, th- I figure we talk about the albums, talk about the future, and what this means for indie music too. Because people, it's interesting how many people trash Taylor Swift anytime she does something, and I think that's kind of what I've been noticing. Anytime she reinvents herself or does new music, like people just trash her because they're upset. They're, and it could be a lot of different reasons. Not the music that they're used to. No, it, it's just like, you know, people feel like she's stepping on their toes. But at the same time, it's like she's writing music. Like she writes her own stuff. It's not like she has a team of writers with her. Like she's working with, you know, she's doing all these things herself. You can't falter for that. Like that's not her fault. Maybe it's the industry that needs to change. Yes, the industry does need to change, especially in regards to someone else owning all of her songs. What was it? 
from I can't remember the exact era. Was it before Reputation? Yeah. So basically, when she first signed her contract, this company and that guy, what was his name? Scooter something? Scooter Braun, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He owns all the songs Mm -hmm. or all her previous work. So he ended up selling it to another company. And that, and under the contract stipulation, it basically said, like, you can't sell these back to Taylor Swift or something like that. So Taylor Swift's like, <laughs> well, okay, this wow. is what you forced me to do. And it was funny because in the Disney, um, the Disney Plus Taylor Swift concert thing, so basically what it is is they went to, was it Long Lake Studios mm-hmm. in the middle of the woods and they played the whole album. So it's her, Aaron Dresser, and uh, Jack. Jack uh, uh, Anatov Anatov from yeah. the Bleachers, which I, I'll confess, I've never listened to the Bleachers. They they were like a short little blip for me back in the day. It's interesting that they're like really coming back into the fray. I mean, smart move on his part, you know, doing a song. Bruce Springsteen will get you back into the fray pretty easily, I think. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds me of that guy. Remember the guy from Fun? Nate, Rob- <laughs> Fun? Nate yeah, Robinson? Right. Is that it? It yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Like he had an indie band, right? He had the format. Uh-huh. And then he went solo, or no, he did fun, right? He's trying to break into the pop scene, but he can never break it quite as much, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like like the guy from Panic at the Disco, too. Like he's gotten big, too. That's true. You know, that kind of genre. But anyway, so they're all recording. They basically play the whole album in the studio. And it was funny because Taylor's like, yeah, I built myself a home studio. And, like, you know, you expect Taylor Swift. She's loaded. Like, I want to see her home studio. Like, it's going to be legit. And it was in a closet. Uh-huh. She had like blankets hung up and a microphone. Like it was very DIY. It was it was like very commendable because hmm. you know obviously you can't record this album and you know with people, so they had to do everything remote. So it was just wild, just watching her in a closet, like something you could I you or I could do. So it felt very genuine, hmm. which was a surprise to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to check that out. That's you would on love the list. it. It's it's honestly cool because. Also, you'll love this. Taylor Swift is very passionate about the national. Mm. She's talking to Aaron and he's like, you know, just saying she's like, I've always loved your music and I've really connected with it. And I've been a fan for such a long time. And it only seemed natural to call you and be like, let's work on an album together. That sounds great. (laughs) Have some red wine. (laughs) Change it up. Thanks, Taylor. (laughs) Actually, she did mention Matt. It was just very weird. I can't imagine. But, um. Yeah, we could talk about the national stuff in the in late, or we could talk about it now if you want. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We yeah. we will definitely. Sorry, get there. I feel like my I I wrote all this stuff down last night just because I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, you, you about are it. genuinely excited to talk about everything here, yeah. and I'm excited to talk to you about it too because, well, for one thing, folk, folklore came out a little while ago. It just was one of those things that unfortunately flew under our radar when it came to reviewing it. Yeah, you know, it's been busy, but she dropped it out of nowhere. And it was just like, hey, I wrote an album. It's called Folklore. Here you go. And then she was like, hey, you want, you want another album? Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. It was just it was just crazy how, you know, she worked with these huge indie name artists who we've talked about multiple times on this show. Like, you know, The National, who we saw. And it's crazy to see The National, you know, kind of branching out and working with, you know, an artist you wouldn't expect exactly. them to work with. I completely agree. So, since we got two two albums, let's dive right into it. Let's yeah. go in order here. Let's start off with Folklore. This yeah. album comes out 11 months, only 11 months after her previous album, Lover, 
which we both reviewed. We thought it was fun. Yeah, there's a lot of really good, I think some of her best songs are on that album, honestly. Yeah, it was one of those kind of albums where you just kind of felt like she was having a good time with it. Wanted to bring some upbeat energy. Yeah, and she kind of went from that, you know, edgy, er, don't F with me to kind of like this. Okay, I'm at peace now. I got my angry side out. Here's my lover side. She's very good at reinventing herself. If you, you know, kind of watch her story, you know, from the country, you know, kind of mm-hmm. to the more pop scene, like, and, you know, even when you're watching her, like, on stage, right? Like, you know, remember when we watched Reputation, she was wearing all those, like, black outfits, like, badass, you know? In Folklore, black she's wearing, lipstick. like... Yeah, in Folklore, she's wearing, like, you know, flannels, she's comfy, you know? Like, it's just very interesting how she can mold her image to fit whatever music she's working on. Completely agree. Even, I was a little... I will have to admit, I was a little worried when I saw the album cover... Like the lone figure standing in the woods is kind of oh, a yeah. cliched image. We had a bad experience with that one on one of one of our favorite episodes to record, actually, the yeah. Justin Timberlake album, Man of the Woods. <laughs> oh, do you remember that one? Oh, that was a fun discussion. It was one of those kind of albums where like I am fascinated by it because it is like it oh. is two opposing opposing forces just colliding with each other, <laughs> making a pop album but also a country album just like mangling together. Oh, so bad. <laughs> so bad. I mean, Justin, t- that the, the cover too, I remember I was in full color and it's like, Justin, yes. come on, man, black and white. This is not that hard. You can do this. It looks. Oh. Yeah. If it doesn't look like a Tumblr post, <laughs> yeah, it's right? not looking good enough. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Not that I was worried that the album itself would be good, but I definitely kind of felt like, okay, maybe we're going to be going through some similar motions that we've heard before with these type of albums. Like we just mentioned, the kind of figuring yourself out, more reflective, more introspective. Yeah, Um, and I I feel like it, it couldn't have come better in Taylor Swift's time either, you know, because she's been kind of, you know, accepting herself and you know, starting to write these, like, you know, collaborate more with Jack and, you know, these people and writing, like, different music that she wouldn't normally write. So I feel like it's a good, in her story and Taylor Swift, the brand, it's a perfect story. Now, I'm sure you have this in your notes, but this album, I'm not comparing it, but it it bears resemblance to me Mm. and what Lana Del Rey did with Norman Cluck and Rockwell last year. So I thought that about Evermore actually evermore had a lot of i i feel like the way that taylor is mixing her vocals now is a lot of lana vibes like the kind of that mysterious you know indie you know kind of reverb it's it's kind of what's popular well and it's also the jack anatov connection right there so oh right he worked on antonov connection antonov yeah so yeah that that connection right there like you just said you know he worked in lana del rey and now he's working with um uh, Taylor Swift here. Mm. Yeah. I, I came into this just knowing full well that most likely I was going to enjoy it because she's one of those kind of pop artists, especially since 1989, who I feel like to your point is much smarter than probably a lot of people give her credit because they just kind of view her as this major pop singer at this point. Yeah. And you know, she's going to go with the trends, you know, she's just going to come up with silly she, songs, but she kind of does, but she just, she does it so well. That's you know, the that, difference. That's the kind of thing. Like, 
she just has a really great way, and this is absolutely true on this album with her earlier stuff too, of just taking smartly crafted lyrics that have just like a good, good moments of crescendo, good moments of just like, you know, kind of like just the word that I'm looking for is they they just kind of roll off the tongue. Kind yeah, of lyrics. it just makes sense. Like she she's very good at world building, you yes. know, and kind of like building a world through a pop song especially mm-hmm. on like great american dynasty or betty which or august oh august was probably my favorite yeah i um, would agree with that oh, i also so really quite like and i mean this is one of the more probably i would say more somber songs is my tears ricochet oh that's a good one too i thought that was a really really good one yeah and even mad woman really really does a great job and you know i think you could tell from the title alone that what kind of topic that's going to cover. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you know, an important message. I don't think she shies away from those messages still on here. No, and also, you know, on her last album, she had a song called The Man, which was kind of basically saying, like, if I was a man, I would not be getting all the critique I would be. Mm-hmm. And I have, it, I'm seeing very similar critiques coming out now. It's like, oh, Taylor Swift is ruining indie music. It's like, now this is the next thing. It's like, no, she's not. Like, she's, if anything, she's bringing more awareness to it because now people are going to know who the national is, and which we can talk about after we discuss Evermore because I have some <laughs> notes about that too. But, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, when people make those kind of blanket statements, it's like, mmm. Nobody would have thought that unless you said it. Yeah. And I don't know how anybody can realistically say that. When in the grand scheme of things, like... I think it's also just because, you know, artists of this nature, of this kind of music, have had a very rough year. They can't tour. They can't sell merch. You know, their incomes are gone. You know, venues aren't open. And here comes Taylor Swift with an indie album trying to market you know if you will to push herself on the scene to try to make it which i don't see it that way i i mean no in some degree yes because she's working on her brand in the next step but i feel like she did a good job she's at this point in her career where she can do whatever she wants to oh yeah i mean she told her label like in the disney thing we were watching she's like yeah i just told the label i'm gonna drop this album they're like okay yeah yeah i mean she's in a position where if she decided, like, you know what, I'm going to come out with a noise album. Oh, and- she's she's going to come out with a rock album. I, I, I predict that. Okay, hold on, really quick. I'm going to give you the timeline, right? Okay. All right. So she's working with The National, right? She's working with Jack Arnoff. Mm-hmm. Now, The National. <laughs> Whose name, last name, keeps on changing throughout this show. Jack Armoff. I'll, tra- I'll call him Jack Armoff. <laughs> J- just call him Jackie Boy. <laughs> Jackie Boy. Jackie Boy here, right? All right. So The National, Matt Berenger, talks to Taylor Swift, right? And she goes, hey, Taylor, I worked with Big Feet. They're really cool. You should check them out, too. They open for us. And she's like, cool, Big Feet. And Big Feet's song with Taylor Swift comes out, right? Right? <laughs> then Taylor Swift starts knowing all these indie artists, right? Okay, so obviously her re-recording her songs is a big deal, right? Remember we were talking about that earlier? So what if she could convince other indie artists or other artists of her nature to start a label, right? Mm. So basically, like, I'm going to make this up. Let's say Prince, right? Prince, Remember Prince didn't own half his recordings? Yes. Taylor Swift's record company goes to Prince and say, re-record all your stuff at my place. You get to keep all your rights, everything. And she starts building her platform like that because Taylor Swift is very vocal about uh, streaming rights for musicians. 
and I think Taylor Swift can save music. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's diversifying herself in all the genres, right? Right? Mm-hmm. And she's basically working with, you know, these smaller artists now, and, mm-hmm. and she's the one who's kind of been vocal about, you know, putting me more music out. So I, th- I have a thing. I have a feeling she's going to expand even more and get into production. Wow. Yeah. And, okay. and, and I feel like out of all the musicians, you know, out there right now talking about, you know, money and streaming services, I feel like she has the most potential to make an impact. She clearly knows the business. Everything she puts out is a hit. People are going to listen to her. And I feel like the more credibility she has and the more, these more, smaller artist she's working with she could potentially use her power in the music industry for something good and that's my prediction wow yeah that is so bold yeah that is incredibly bold and it really makes me wish we were like massively popular so you could talk to her about something like that i mean it it makes (laughs) sense though because like no I mean, I think we talked about this last episode, but what's stopping Paul McCartney from going, I'm going to donate a million dollars to every country or every state that has a music venue. $50 million. That's nothing. That's pocket change. Mm -hmm. Right? I feel like Taylor Swift could do something like that and actually like be a pioneer of it because obviously when she records her stuff, it's going to be very well received. Right. Yes. And I'm sure she's going to put her own little touches and update some of the songs. So I, 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 I can see the Taylor Swift empire growing and growing and potentially getting a fair share of revenue streams for artists. That is very, very, that is honestly, that's quite a smart observation there. And one that I feel like is very much more of a possibility. The more I think about it. Yeah. Especially since, okay. Because she's working with the national, right? And Uh God, I mean, what are the national on? Like what record label, like non such, right. Or something. Um, I don't, I don't remember what they're on, but I'm sure they're going to experience, you know, they've worked with a bunch of different people and smaller indie artists. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of at a loss for words here because I'm, the gears are turning in my head and I can see all of these things, especially the point with her re-recording all of her old songs with people that she's kind of become mm-hmm. with friends with mm-hmm. along the way, yep. which would be a brilliant move on her part because one not only do fans get those original songs, but they get like this great new shiny version right. that has these extra new dimensions to them that she wouldn't have been able to do when she was starting out or whatever. And also too, it gives artists less pressure to sign up for these contracts, you know, and they're guaranteed to keep their music. Wow. Okay. Um, the label that National on are on uh, is uh, 4AD. 4AD. Okay. Yeah. But I really love that. I think everything that you've said would be amazing to see because one, it you know puts the power back in the hands of the artists mm-hmm. and combats all this you know lack of money and revenue that they're getting from streaming. But two, it just kind of would change the game in a, in a new direction. Yeah, it kind of along, would be kind of along the same lines of when Radiohead decided, like, oh pay what you want for our newest album. What was it in rainbows that in they rainbows. did that for? Yep. That was a huge, massive deal when it came out. So if something like that were to happen, that'd be just so huge on her part. And I, and I kind of hope it does because I think we need something like that to happen. I agree. I mean, I know we just got something from Congress with relief for some venues. So but. save our stages, which I mean, 
great. Not an unappre- unappreciative of it, yeah. but mm-hmm. how long did it take? <laughs> right, almost a year. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think every single point that you're making is right on the money because not only has she grown as an artist over the years, but she's grown as a businesswoman and how she sells herself and how she continues to grow her fan base and sell albums. Mm-hmm. And I could see all that right there. And there was something that I found very, very interesting about this album as I was listening to it. She's just, I feel like she's so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Now. And I can't say that as if I know her because I obviously don't, but I feel like if I were to, you know, talk to her one-on-one or we were to talk to her like in an interview or something like that, this is probably like the most comfortable that she's ever been in her own life with her career and personal life and all that. And I think she's now 30 or going to be 31. Yeah, she's our age. Yeah. So she's around our age. Um, And she's just very much, this whole album just sounds like somebody who knows exactly what she wants and is kind of playing by her own rules. And you you tell me that whole thing with her, with the interaction with her label makes total sense because I, while I was listening to this album, I was waiting for that song on the album where it's like, uh, well, you know, this is a studio mandated song mm-hmm. or, uh, you know what? This one's going to get a lot of radio play. Like it's not that any of these songs are undeserving of being on the radio. They're not crafted for it. Yeah. There it, it's very much a conceptual. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm doing. But she brings her, you know, her wit and her storytelling and her experiences to it. Which Agreed. Is, it, it felt very personal. And it even it, it, even if it's all, a facade and she's just marketing her brand. Like it, it was just the perfect story to tell, right? Like mm-hmm. it's quarantine. I'm reinventing myself. I'm working with a local indie band, you know, yeah. and kind of bringing this new, it, it was perfect timing. She's, she's an, she's a genius. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too much else to say. The only other thing that I was going to mention too, as well about this is that this is an album from an artist who obviously is huge across the world by this point. And it's almost small scale. And I really appreciate that about her because it it kind of has that authenticity that we always typically like with albums as well. And it's tough to kind of translate that through when you're someone as big as she is. Mm -hmm. So to really feel like, you know, we, we use this term a lot too. It felt more personal as well, but it still kind of felt like, you know, hey, I'm not trying to come up with something larger than life. Like, there's still some things that we could identify with, doomed relationships, mm-hmm. you know, being an outcast, mm-hmm. all those kind of elements are still there. Yeah. But her, her, she's she's always been a very smart at crafting songs, and I feel like, you know, for someone who, you know, I thought, like, you know, 1989 was, like, a big revelation for her. She was really taken up to the next step. This is along the same lines when it comes to like really breaking through for her. I think it's one of her best albums that she's put out. And prior to her, prior to her putting out this album, she had basically said something along the lines. I can't remember the exact quote, but she had said something along the lines of, Oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to have any more number one hits after lover. Like, I think that's, Mm. that's it. Right. You know, no more. That's not the case. See, the thing is she can write them. Like she just chooses not to. Not well, not chooses not to, but like she's not. I mean, she's won like what, like three or four Grammys, probably yeah, more, right? Yeah, I would I would imagine. I don't know offhand, but I mean, if you think about it, 
like she can do whatever she wants. She's accomplished. I mean, she's yeah. Geez, she's thirty, man. Like that's crazy. Yeah. But, but but this is an album that, in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't be on the Billboard 100. Yep. Top 100. But this one is, and the next one that we're going to talk about is as well. She's like. And there's probably a third one coming too. Yeah. Also, wouldn't, wouldn't be remember, <laughs> Ever, Evermore was B-sides pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, we couldn't stop writing. So here you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it typically doesn't work out this way. So it just really speaks to what she's able to accomplish and her appeal to as well. I mean, hey, look, you know, I'm the electronic guy. I'm, I listen to some really underground stuff. I'll listen to some pretty obscure artists and I enjoy Taylor Swift. Yeah. So that just kind of showcases her, you know, appeal. She made an album for the dads. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Taylor Swift's dad album. (laughs) But also too, you know, I think going back to the whole, you know, like Taylor Swift's ruining indie music. I mean, what were people saying? Like what Bruce Springsteen, right? Like here's another yeah. guy who changes his sound constantly and he puts out what Nebraska, right? And it's slow and like, Oh wow. Game changer. But Taylor Swift does it and she's ruining indie music. Like see yeah. that that's the problem. She's, she's a fighter though. Yeah. It would, it would only be ruining indie music if the music wasn't actually good. And that's yeah. the difference. You can't make a blanket statement like that about an album. That's genuinely great. If it wasn't, then maybe I'd be like, all right, I kind of understand that statement. But also, too, like, you know, the indie music that's good, there's something special about it. There's, you know, if good indie music will get its way around, you know, and people Mm -hmm. will find it. Taylor Swift just happens to have a larger budget to put it at. Yeah. I mean, I I don't ever have a problem with an artist working, like a big artist like her, working with, like, indie artists that we do. As long as the music's good, that's all yeah, that matters. Exactly. When it's not good, that's when I have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, thankfully, this is great. Taylor and Swift's uh, "Stand in the Woods" albums are very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think this is one of the best things that she's done. And you know, I think it's been a while since I gave this rating, but yeah, this is a gotta have it. Yeah, I'd say both of them actually. Oh, we we haven't even gotten into. Oh, we're, we're going to talk about Evermore, <laughs> aka the National Album minus Matt. <laughs> All right, so do me a favor, John. I would agree that Folklore is definitely known it, and actually we have it on vinyl, and it sounds great. Oh, you got to have it, you mean? Oh, yeah, got to have it. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but yeah, Evermore. Um, I, don't, I, t- I think I told you this, but per- I said listen to Evermore, but pretend Matt is singing all the songs. And yes. It's very much a national album. Agreed. With Agreed. Taylor Swift on vocals. I, I completely agree with that sentiment. I remember you were saying, like, listen to, what was it, Champagne Problems? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I can definitely see Matt Berenger singing that. Red wine problems. So so Evermore may be the quote-unquote B-sides album, but honestly, if this album had come out first, we would have just treated it like another Taylor Swift album coming out. See, I think, I feel like there's a couple songs on here that... Hold on, how do I roar this better? I feel like the other one was a good introduction. And I feel like if this album, if Evermore came out first, I don't think it would have been as popular. I feel like okay. Evermore has more, I mean, sorry, Folklore has more hits per se. And kind of like that teasing thing, you know? I think, there, of, I think there are albums on Evermore that wouldn't work on Folklore. I yeah. think Folklore 
is much more consistent with the themes that are there. Every kind of song really works well, like just from a progression sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that was the smart album to release first because it kind of eases you into the you know new sound and style where that where where Evermore is like, okay, here's what I did. Here's more of that now, and kind of the ones that I didn't want to show at first, but kind of have another place. Yeah, there's more explicit songs on Evermore. There's more featured uh, guests on there, including The National and also Haim on oh, there, too. That's a great song, too. Taylor Swift murders someone. <laughs> Taylor Swift is a murderer. I've also noticed that in a lot of uh, Taylor Swift songs. She likes to kill people. <laughs> that's very much like, you know what it kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of like an old school country song. Yeah, yeah. It I love really when Taylor did. Swift does those kinds of songs like those country. She sticks to her roots. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's still there. It's not completely abandoned whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I thought that was a really standout song on there, too. I was like, ah, oh, there's some really great <laughs> lines in this. She thinks I did it, but I just can't prove it. And then having Haim on there, too. I mean, you know, they were... Speaking of another band that's been blowing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I We didn't talk about their album either because we were kind of taking a break at that point, but I love that album, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this has been a strong year for big pop albums. Yeah. Uh, then... Also, Bon Iver also shows up at the end, too, again, for Evermore. Did Exile on the last album. Yeah, that was a good song, too. Yeah. Bon Iver, though, I, I, I know this is my misgiving. I don't mean to get sidetracked here. But after he was made fun of on SNL, I have a hard time taking him seriously. Hey, did you ever read that um, interview he did with Pitchfork? No. Oh my god, you need to read the Pitchfork interview. It's like right when his newest album came out. Uh-huh. And he was um the the guy who was interviewing him, Bonavere was like driving like a Tesla that he also named Bonavere or something. Oh, and he was I like, saw some of the quotes from yeah, it. Yeah, oh my god, it was just hilarious. And I I we haven't finished the Disney Plus thing yet, but I'm hoping he shows up with the Taylor Swift and he's just got a giant like bong. He's just <laughs> like, "What's up, Taylor?" Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't actually smoke from it. He just uses it as an instrument. Yeah, he's, he's, he's that's his microphone. It's just a giant bong. Um, yeah, the SNL sketch that I'm thinking of is, he, I think it was Justin Timberlake was was uh, playing him, and pretty much what he does is like he comes out, he starts playing the guitar, okay, and he's just singing like him, but then he his singing makes him fall asleep. Aww. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's 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 a good little gag, but yeah, that kind of ruined Bonnie Bear for me a little bit. I don't know Bonnie, why. Bonnie Bear. Bonnie Bear. Bonnie Bear. Um, but yeah, no, this is very much an album that complements the previous one really well, where you get to see a little bit more experimentation that probably doesn't fit within the context of the previous album, but on its own is a really strong album through and through i think that one of the things i really really enjoyed about this album too as well was just if if the first album was a bit more like okay you know he's it's easing the fans into it it's easing the fans into it yes this one's a bit more like oh i'm not really holding any punches this time like i said you know i'm gonna let let out those expletives like you know before i was calling you men out now i'm murdering you (laughs) 
<laughs> so She's taking names. Yeah, taking names. Yeah, she she de- definitely doesn't hold back. It's not that the songs themselves are necessarily aggressive, but the lyrical content. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool because it it's again she's branching, she's doing new things, she's trying exactly. something new. Like it, it's exciting to see. And there's already rumors that she's going to put out a third album. Yeah, and and hey, why not? Yeah, go why for not? it. Like, if you can put out two of these albums and have both of them be this strong, sure. I think it's just incredible. Keep on pumping them out. I think it's just incredible the the amount of work they've done, you know? Like, these albums are, like, what? Like, there's probably, what, like, 24 songs between all of this and just the collaboration? Might even more than that. Might be close to 30. Yeah, I mean, the, the both hours are almost... Both albums are an hour long, at least. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, Evermore's just over an hour. I think the other one is, mm. too, as well. Yeah, it's... It's amazing, like just how high quality all these are. And again, I think a lot of the same comments that I had for folklore apply to this one as well. You know, the smart songwriting is still there. You know, really great lyrics. I think you really saw this working when she was doing her Reputation tour. So when you watch that, um, when you watch that movie on Netflix, you notice that her band does this kind of style where, like. The chorus is really kind of build up. It's almost kind of like a release mm-hmm. of kind of just like brightness in a way, hmm. which happens on the song uh, Dorothy uh, with a Dorothy with an A. Mm-hmm. I forget how she said Dorothy. I don't know. Anyway, the, my whole point is, is that like towards the end of that song, that kind of brightness just comes right in. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's injecting new life into the song um that was already a great song to begin with but it's just like oh hey yeah i think aaron dressner brings a lot of like orchestra elements like he's very good you know the national is very good at arrangement yes so i think these albums are arranged very beautifully and also too when you watch you need to watch the disney plus thing because like it, as as someone who loves guitars and gear the, it's like a studio and it's filled with all these old guitars and pianos and like oh it's just like like yes this is this is this makes me happy Mm -hmm. and it gets you know it it just explains her breath and passion for music yeah yeah it's all there it's just she just you know i'll get into my final thoughts here but i mean the inspiration that brought about the previous album still carries through on this one as well and you can tell that with both of these albums just She's just clicking with yeah. with the people that she's working with, Jackie Boy, and if there's know, any the doubt, national. if there's any doubt on her ability as a musician and an artist, I think this answers all the questions and says she can, you know, tackle really anything she puts her mind to. Yeah, there's just there's just something like the working relationship that she has right now is just firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And hey, strike while the iron is hot, right? Just keep on going, keep on working on stuff. Yeah. And whatever kind of routine, whatever kind of setup that she she has going, it absolutely works on here. Um, yeah, uh, right there with you, man. This is another gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the first time ever on this show where you gave your a rating du- right off the bat. A double, a double album, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a great companion piece where there's enough difference between the two of them but at the same time, they complement each other, too. Yeah. So really, really enjoyed it. I mean, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift knows how to market herself, man. That, that, she's incredibly smart. They're just very, very well-crafted pop albums mm-hmm. through and through. And that's not me just trying to, like, 
I'm not saying pop in the sense like, oh, I'm delegitimizing it. Like, this is a standard of what more pop albums need to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, occasionally, I think you and I have people that ask us, like, well, why don't you cover more pop albums? Because they should be up to this kind of standard. Yeah, there should be enough craft and love and, you know, genuine care for the music that they're making, not just trying to, you know, make a single. Yeah. You and know, I, like and, she's producing yeah. music because she wants to. Yes, she wants to sell records and, you know, all that stuff. But, like, there's at least some kind of... She's putting in all the necessary steps to make it look like she cares about what she's doing. Yeah. The way she's marketing herself, the way she's filming it, the way she's working with artists, which is why I think she has the potential to do something really great with music and hopefully save some of, you know, music itself with the artists. You Do you remember at one point I was talking to you about Jerry Seinfeld and he had said one <laughs> Which point, time was that? <laughs> I know, right? Seriously, I talked to you about Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld every day. Um, at one point on Comedians in Cars getting coffee. No, wait, actually, it wasn't that. It was, uh, he was doing a podcast with Alec Baldwin where, <laughs> Oof. <laughs> where he's saying, where he's talking to Alec Baldwin and like Alec Baldwin was just like, you know, here I am, I'm doing all these movies and, you know, trying to keep myself busy, but you go and you do stand up, and, you know, it just seems like you've got life figured out. And he said, like, that's, that's not what it's about. I put in all the work at one point so that I could then live my life on my own terms. Mm. And that's what she's doing right now. Yeah. She's like, she's set. If she decided like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go become a hermit and avoid people for the rest of my life. She could live off all the money that she's make made and will make off of all the royalties. Oh yeah. But I, I, I feel like though, you know, with her story and her, you know, the music she's been doing, like, you know, she started very young, you know, she's got all these building blocks to make yeah. a great artist story. And, almost a cautionary tale for future artists to be like, look, when you're signing contracts, like remember Taylor Swift, she knows she had to do all these things and hopefully it will bring, hopefully her story and her experience, you know, as a, a young musician who's also a woman too, like we learn from it, you know, exactly. we don't, we don't criticize her for what she's doing because you know, of those issues, not yeah. those issues, but you know, you know what I mean? The, like, the, but these albums to kind of paraphrase what, Jerry Seinfeld has said these are albums that she's putting out on her own terms Mm -hmm. more so than I think anything else that she's put out. And it's not just because she's recording it in a home studio, right? But because of where she is at her life, because of everything that's happened with Scooter Braun and all that, these are very much albums where it's like, I'm making them because I want to make them. Exactly. So, and I mean, to be able to make them on your own terms and then have them just be as big if not bigger than ever it's just it, it's amazing to witness yeah absolutely amazing to witness yeah so i mean i i'm glad we had this discussion because i mean i know like with taylor swift it almost could feel like a lot of people have kind of talked about it ad nauseum yeah and, and i feel like too i'm 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 tired of seeing these articles coming out saying that she like ruined indie music or she it's bad for the genre or whatever. It's just like, give her a break. She wrote a good album. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it, that, You're just that, attacking her it, because she's, it's it fun to do. To. It's yeah. t- You know, it's mm-hmm. that's what's frustrating about it. Yep, when, that's exactly When you should look at out. it from another angle and say, okay, what, could, what positivity could this bring? Yeah. yeah, right there with you, man. Right there with you. Wow, this is a really good discussion I think we Oof. had. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm kind of working up a sweat from it. 
The coffee Cheers. too is uh, helping there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, I'll probably I'm probably just gonna drop like three episodes today. We'll <laughs> 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 just upload them all and just. Or unless you want to drop two today and two tomorrow. Oh, true. Yeah, we could do this one on Wednesday, which will yeah. be. No, no shortage of episodes for people because we have a couple of backlog episodes. Yeah. Sorry, just for for me anyway, it's been super slammed. I feel you. Uh, just you the know holidays, the holidays, yeah, life. But tomorrow we get to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, so. we're gonna record a uh, Festivus. Yes, I'll be the next episode after this. Dropping it on Festivus. Dropping it on Festivus. Yeah, wow. I think we have a little bit of fun things lined up there, so I really look forward to that. And, uh, you know, giving you your gift, too, as well. Well, I got something for you, too. <laughs> it's so funny. John's like, I hope you don't have it. And I was like, I hope you don't have this one. <laughs> That's the problem with two vinyl collectors, right? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah, this this is a fantastic discussion, man. That was fun. Um, so, Taylor Swift, if, if, if you're listening to us. <laughs> Clearly, we stan you. <laughs> yeah. So, just come on our show, right? <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if just randomly we had someone big like that, just like, yeah, oh sure, God. I'll go on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, I don't even. <laughs> okay, yeah, come on. Oh man, we are yeah. in. We even if you're not Taylor Swift, we're willing to interview you on here. Yeah, and talk to you about your music. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's, let's put that out there. It's not just uh Yeah, it's not just us. We'll take anyone. Yeah, yeah, and you know, folks. Because this is a season of giving, you know what we would love to receive from you at home? A review. Specifically, yeah. a five-star review. Oh. And even a rating, too, as well. Write oh, us, that, would, that would be nice. Write us some nice words. Yeah, because we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Music. Stitcher. Stitcher. And our website, which is g4dpodcast.com. And let me tell you something, folks. We couldn't be doing this without you. We always have people reach out to us. Again, lots of really great fans of the show. We all appreciate you all, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> it's all. the season of giving, and we love giving you podcasts. Yeah, we do this on our free time. But, you know, I think what we end up doing is like one of those kind of things where, you know, we don't we do not do it for the likes. We do it because we genuinely love what we do. Yeah, so. it's fun. I like talking about music and getting my thoughts and feelings out there to the world. Yeah, and we always have lots of thoughts and feelings. Prior to recording this podcast, <laughs> we would do pretty much what we are doing right now. <laughs> talk, talk about, about music. music, yeah. Movies, too, as well. Literally so. how this podcast was born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. good stuff. All right, well, Sadly, so, I'm out of coffee. Yeah, so. uh, I got a little bit, but I'm going to gulp this right down. Do it. So, mm, All right, mm. friends. Well, we will see you for Festivus. Yes. Start start getting your grievances together. Yeah, we're gonna be um we're gonna be talking about our grievances in the music industry. Oh boy. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, we understand it's been a rough year, so we're not gonna trash artists like crazy, but there's been a couple little things that have happened that we we gotta talk about. Yep, we gotta so, we gotta talk about. Yeah. So yep. we'll get that. So we'll grab our poles. Grab um, your uh, keyboard that does the slap bass and get ready for Festivus. <laughs> uh, we, should, we should add a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> Adam enters the podcast. <laughs> John, we're out of coffee. <gasps> <gasps>
What do you mean we're out of coffee? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Simulated laughter. Love it. <laughs> it's my favorite. If there's one thing this podcast is missing. It's the simulated <laughs> laughter. Yeah. G4D was performed in front of a live studio audience. If we could make G4D more like the Big Bang Theory, I think we're in oh, business. No. no. <laughs> we need a catchphrase, John. Adam, you are totally like the Flash when it comes to making coffee. Bazinga. <laughs> I feel like the... F Leonard, I just had coffee, and now I feel like the Flash, because he's my favorite comic book character. Bazinga. <laughs> oh, Adam, you're such a denarius. <laughs> what, that's a that's a character from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, yeah, Daenerys. Daener Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, did you know they're making a prequel to Game of Thrones? <sighs> oh, well. God, who cares? Well... Mm, <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I'm surprised. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of... Oh God. I'm done with sequels. <laughs> it's, it's all right. That soapbox is still out there. Oh, you, you, you can the Festivus pole is uh, rising from the ground as we speak here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you all for thank listening. You. We love you. On G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. discussion. <laughs> caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4DPodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.